or the duck is ready to fight. Space rabies. No more Mr. Nice Duck. No one laughs at a master of quack foo. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Multiverse Monologues. I am your host, Ben Rayside, and today with me are uh, my two co-hosts for this uh, extremely epic venture that we are uh, we are about to uh, partake in. And before we get into those details, uh, I'd like to introduce these two wonderful gentlemen to you guys. First, we have Ethan Wensloff. How you doing, Ethan? I'm doing fantastic, Mr. Rayside, and I'm so pumped to talk about my f- new favorite Marvel movie, Howard the Duck. <laughs> Whoa, whoa, whoa! All right, well that's a hot, that's a hot take, and we're definitely going to be talking about it. We also have Micah Het here with us. Micah, how are you doing today? I am doing pretty good. It's a little cold out, but uh, I'm excited to talk about the uh, the multiversal ramifications that this movie has. <laughs> Absolutely, because he does make a few appearances. But yes, folks, we are going to be talking about Howard the Duck, and not just Howard the Duck. We are going to be reviewing in the next, I I looked into this guys, and I think we're going to have to be reviewing Marvel films for the next couple of years to to get caught up to, to, uh, to where we are at now. Is it really? uh, Wow. Because there's a lot of Marvel films out there more than I thought. And yes. And they're not hitting the brakes anytime soon. They're going to keep producing Marvel films. So maybe we'll, we'll never catch up. Who knows? Exactly. But yes, we're going to be talking about every single Marvel film that has ever been put to theaters. And that means that the first film that was ever put to theaters of based off of Marvel comics was Howard the Duck. And boy, was this, this is, this was my first time seeing it. I'm pretty sure it was your guys's first time seeing it uh, as well. Ethan, your first initial thoughts of this, this very interesting movie. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it was my first time seeing it and uh, will probably be my last time seeing it. This movie is just a hodgepodge of comedy and action and just parody. It really didn't know what it wanted to be. And I still have no idea what it was trying to be. Micah, your first initial impressions from Howard the Duck? <laughs> Well, I got to say, um, I agree with Ethan with the part where I don't think it knows what it wants to be. We can talk about that later. But for the most part, I am a Howard the Duck fan, man. This movie was awesome. I <laughs> I don't think I've enjoyed very many Marvel movies the way I enjoyed Howard the Duck. No way, Micah. Dude, no. I cannot wait. No way. Oh. So, so, so you, just speaking genuinely here, because I think you can enjoy this movie ironically. Like I, I yeah. enjoy, I think I enjoy this movie like I enjoy Batman and Robin in that it is a pretty generic film with really bad dialogue and really bad scenes, but it's just funny to watch all of that take place. But you actually like, you actually enjoy this film. Yeah, this was, all right. So the first half hour, little slow, little rough. Great jokes in there, but, you know, a little post that graphics are fantastic. It's George, you know, it's Lucas films, so they're going to have fantastic. (laughs) It's like one of the first movies that came out when Skywalker Ranch was was around. So they had great editing um, team behind it. The 
the the puppeteering and the costume that Howard wore was fantastic. I mean, it it, it never looked bad, in my opinion. Like I, I felt that uh, there were for for the time eighty six for the time I thought that there were some pretty good effects in there. And uh, sure, the writing is a little rough, but if that's what it's going for, it executed it perfectly. I don't know how true to the source material is. Have you guys read any Howard the Duck comics yet? I have heard that it is not that true to the source material, but I have not read any Howard the Duck comics. I I, I know that he is a, a character that was spun off from another comic that he appeared in, but... I haven't I haven't really looked into it. All I know is that one person I saw was like, this is not true to his comics. I, I think it's a lot a little more. His comics are a little more adult, like dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Watching this movie, I I definitely got that where it was very more adult, like Deadpool kind of, um, you know, a little little inappropriate at times. But um, the writing made it seem like they were trying to parody children's movies. Did you guys get that feeling at all? I I did in the first like two minutes of it when you start with the twin moons of uh, <laughs> Duck World, and then you get the uh, <laughs> the uh, breeders of the lost duck or whatever the poster. Oh, was. Man, those movie posters are so <laughs> funny. Oh, like man. yeah, okay, this this is gonna be a full on parody. I'm gonna enjoy this, but then it just you jump right into just naked ducks and i don't know what it like it wanted to be a kids movie parody but then you're throwing in this adult stuff in there i just had no idea what to think of it right off the bat so yes for those yeah, ben, what do you is, think? yeah ethan is referring to a scene of when howard is sucked to earth and he goes through an apartment and you can full-on see duck boobs and I, I that is in the just, flesh <laughs> or in the feathers or whatever however you want to you want to say it but that was absolutely like appalling like could you and, and that's one of those George Lucas things where where you look back and it's like the it's like the EOP farting in Phantom Menace it's it, you look back and you're like maybe George was sitting there he's like oh, oh you know yeah you, just show some duck boobs yeah that'd be awesome duck boobs yeah i don't know it, it was just weird man and i you know so i i'm with ethan on this one i think it was trying to parody itself a little bit and then it told it like it it started to take itself a little too seriously i felt mm -hmm. and i was like ah. but to your point micah i will say the cgi was pretty pretty good that and specifically the ending final fight with the boss what correct me if i'm wrong but that was what stop motion yeah, that was uh, stop motion, and they they threw it in there. I, I don't know how they do it. I think they record it on film and then cut it out and then kind of place it on there. But yeah, that's that's how they do it, and looked pretty good. It was all was, practical. No, yeah, I, I even I even said I was like, that's that's pretty good for 1986. It was, yeah. it was pretty I mean, rancor esque. Yes, even even now in 2022, like that's that still looks pretty good and pretty convincing. No, I mean the surrounding like circumstances like they're pretty goofy but that in and of itself i mean that and the plane chase but my thing is they just lasted those scenes lasted way too long it, like the, the especially plane chase, the, yeah. the plane chase like 
that way, I mean, I caught, I caught myself and I was like, how much, how much longer is left in this movie? Holy and, cow, that, that plane chase lasted <laughs> probably like 90 minutes, if I say so myself. <laughs> but like, while well, they are still flying. One thing I did notice in that entire plane chase is I was looking to see if I can spot a stunt double, but they looked very realistic to the, they looked very original to the, to the original actors. So I, I, they did a great job masking that up and it is a lot easier to do a stunt double for Howard the duck. They can just throw in the costume there, but. (laughs) Well, that's, that's kind of interesting because I was looking at the IMDB credits and bless IMDB. They've got every piece of information you'd ever want to know about, (laughs) about movies, but. Uh, Chip Zine, Chip Zine voiced Howard the Duck, and Ed Gale and Tim Rose do the majority of the stuff behind the suits. Ed Gale did most of the physical stuff, and then uh, Tim Rose did some voice work, and then uh, he also did some of the animation. And he was actually Admiral Akbar in uh, the original Return of the Jedi uh, movie. So, and but IMDb also credits five other people in helping out and create creating this suit so like this was a lot of people like all together coming together to make this movie and, and the budget for this film it had 37 million dollars and i i think i'm right on saying that it made worldwide 37 million dollars yeah I, I think it made its money back but i think when you look at it a movie needs to make roughly double its budget to be profitable because you got to factor in all of the marketing that it has to do, all of the merchandising and selling out to toys and stuff. So I, in regards, this is a flop. I mean, abs- absolutely, this is just is a flop. And I, when I when we were going down to watch it, I asked uh, my fiance's father, and he he was like, "Oh yeah, I, I remember seeing that movie in theaters, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that that was a really bad movie. I, I did not like that movie at all." So well, it's I, his it's his come off of Star Wars, like. You you hear this guy who just gave us one of the greatest trilogies of all time in Star Wars is making a Marvel Comics movie. Of course, you're going to be excited for that. You want to see that, especially if you were a comic fan back in the day. I mean, right now, it's way more common to be a fan of comic book movies and comic books. But back then, that was your that was your jam. So you went to see that movie. You were like, yes, I want to get Star Wars quality comic book movie right here. And yeah, uh, Lucasfilms had just put out uh, Temple of Doom. That was their biggest before this. So it was, uh, it goes, Return of the Jedi was 83, 84 was Temple of Doom, and then uh, 85 was Ewoks, the Battle of Endor, oh. Star Wars. So, uh, <laughs> so I, I guess it wasn't coming off as hot of a... <laughs> yeah. But that was a TV movie. That was direct to, direct to TV, so that doesn't count as much. But there was a Star Wars TV show that he uh, was executive producer in. And then in 86, there was both Labyrinth and Howard the Duck. So um, he definitely had some prestige going into this movie. Jeez. Well, Labyrinth, I've heard, is pretty good. But those Ewok films are absolutely atrocious. Even I being like the big – I mean, I've seen the holiday special, and I don't even want to go near – those Ewok films. Because I, <laughs> have you seen them, Micah? I saw one of them. Uh, we rented the VHS from, uh, I think, a Blockbuster, Blockbuster way back when. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that must have been early 2000s because they died pretty quick after uh, after I got into like elementary school or something. So, um, yeah, we got the one where it's a bunch of kids that get lost in the woods and are raised by Ewoks. 
<laughs> I don't know which one that is. <laughs> Man, George Lucas was riding high off that Star Wars hype. He may, maybe he was riding a little too high off the Star yeah. Wars hype. So I'm, I'm high on George Lucas right now, so maybe we'll uh, skip out on Blade next week and we'll watch um, uh, we'll watch Ewok films. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think is, is Blade the next one we have to do. Blade is the it next would one. Be, yep. Yeah. Oh wow! All right, I'm I'm excited for that. I've never seen that one either. All right, but Ben, do you have a yeah. do you have a summary of this movie? What if we've never seen this? What how, what's what's this movie about? Okay, well, I, okay, so yes, if you've never seen this, and I'm hoping that most people haven't. I'm also assuming that most people haven't. But basically, at the start of this film, Howard is going throughout his daily routine, and he gets sucked up into a portal. And he gets transported to Earth. He is on Duck World. Now he's on Earth. And he meets this woman who's getting beat up in a, a, a mugging street. And they start to form a, uh, a romantic relationship. She takes him to a scientist. And it all goes haywire from there as uh, the dark evil overlord uh, comes to this Earth and wants to bring his other evil overlords here for a very, very climactic final battle uh, in a lab. And... I got to say, it feels like a comic book movie. Like you have all your major beats where you're t- he's taken out. and But there are there is core romance in this. There's action in this. There's everything you could have want. It's just executed pretty poorly. I'm not going to lie. It's executed pretty poorly. And there's many, many scenes where you are scarred. So would I recommend this movie? Yes. Yes, I would. Because for the experience. But, I mean, it's definitely viewed better with friends. So, yeah, definitely. If you can sit down and watch with a group of people, it's probably much more enjoyable because I have no idea how this experience would have went if I was watching it alone. Can we talk about the quack foo real quick? Because I think you're <laughs> I think you're forgetting one of the best parts of the whole movie. The choreography <laughs> was pretty good. <laughs> Micah, Micah, the more we talk about this, the more I'm convinced that if you weren't sitting right next to me, I would have just I would be convinced that you watched a different movie than me. Dude, <laughs> dude, yeah. Like, have you ever seen um someone of Howard the Duck's stature have such great choreography in a fight scene? I don't think I have. I gotta say, it's impressive that they were able to pull off what they do. It's let just... me <laughs> let me just highlight Yoda for you. I've seen Yoda. All right. Well, I mean, that was with a lightsaber, but <laughs> what about hand to hand to hand combat? Like. <laughs> Well, like Howard's... a little short creature. <laughs> or uh, hand to, uh, hand to what, what are those? Um, flipper. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he's got his flippers. He's just punching fools left and right. I got, The best fight scene, I think, is when he's at that bar and he's just wrecking fools left and right. That oh, yeah. was pretty good. It, oh, I think I see uh, the, the dude's eye out. Oh, man, that was that was bloody. That was like a that was like Wolverine quality right there. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Maybe I'm missing. Maybe I'm misremembering this. But doesn't he stab the guy? But it's not him, and he stabs him right in the ear. Yeah, stabs him in the earlobe, and then the off ear. screen, off screen, wasn't it? Didn't he stab him no, in the no, eye? No, 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 no. No. You the, off screen, they make it look like he stabs him in the eye, and then they that's turn right, it over that's right, it's in his ear. Okay, yeah, I was like, all right, <laughs> but when they did it, I was Threatens like, to kill him though in cold blood, right there in front of everybody. <laughs> Yo, but you gotta yeah, the, remember, like, this is the '80s, man. Anything oh yeah. Goes. You can well, show some duck boobs and still get a PG rating. <laughs> you know? Like, that's crazy. You could show a real whack scene with a duck and a woman going, uh, <laughs> going ham. Yeah, wait. All right. Hold on. We got we to gotta talk about that scene. I watched an interview 
where uh oh what's her her name is I I, I wrote it down Leah Thompson yeah uh, oh yeah we got to talk about her yeah who she also stars as the mother in Back to the Future that's what many people know her for um but she <laughs> she has a scene in this film with Howard the Duck and it's very infamous I mean I've heard about this scene even before the movie was released and before the movie for- was released well, before the before I watched the movie. <laughs> Man, what year were you born? I'm a time traveler. I got sent here from uh, Duck World. <laughs> but she basically, and the romance is real quick, man. They go through all of the beats of a romance movie in like the first act of a, of the film, and so they're in settling like ten down. minutes of screen time. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I think that's the worst part about the movie is that romance. I, I can't forgive it for that. That's uh <laughs> Well, I think the movie does know a little bit of what it's doing because you have all of the people come and interrupt them after they they start to get a little because they <laughs> they start to, to do stuff and she starts taking her shirt off, but Howard's like, no, 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 wait. We can't do this. I'm a duck, you're a human. And then it, it pans away. Which is <laughs> weird that the duck had to tell the human that. <laughs> Yeah, right. She's all over him, man. And so, <laughs> but it's inter- they're interrupted after they do they do kiss. You don't see it happen, but you see their silhouettes. They do end up kissing. So <laughs> it's really whack, but they're interrupted by people and they come in and they're like, what? A duck and a human? This is so wrong. So I guess they kind of know that it's. Yeah, it's funny. They're, they're like, a duck and a human? That can't happen. Anyway, we need your help. Yeah, right. yeah they move right. past it so quickly. It's like in Scooby-Doo when you have a dog walking around in clothes. People just don't acknowledge it. Oh. Why would you pick – here's my thing. Why would you pick Howard the Duck as your first film? Was this like, Yeah, that's what I would ask. Was this like, like okay, George Lucas can make this movie because he's great with practical effects – so let's go with Howard the Duck. I mean, you have so many Marvel heroes that you can. I mean, a spider. There was a Spider-Man show in the '70s. Correct me if I'm wrong, right? Yeah, I, in the I believe the '70s, so. and that was on a TV budget. So why would you make Howard the Duck the first Marvel film? I, I it, it probably wasn't marketed as the first Marvel film. I mean, I think the tagline was that was that you will believe a duck can talk. And I like what you said, Ethan, about how you're talking about how every, everyone moves past stuff so quickly. They're like, what? You can talk? And then it's just, all right, well, whatever, you know? And 86 was such a huge year for comic books, too. Like, I, I just looked it up. We got the origin X-Men first started um, their uh, own comic run in 86. We got the... Really? Uh, DC gave the Trinity a reboot, so that's Man of Steel, Wonder Woman, and Batman Year One comics all started that year. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Dark Horse was created that year. Punisher became popular that year. Uh, Amanda Walker, or, I mean, Amanda Waller, uh, Daredevil came back again, New Captain America. All of these things happened in 86. So comics were in a big boom. I think that was the beginning of the, I, I always forget the, the medals of the, eras but it was one of those like golden age or platinum age or one of those okay. of comics also stan lee was not really a part of this film really not, he wasn't really a part of it and he was not um he did not make a cameo we're going to be i going through each one of these films we're going to take a note 
if Stanley's in this movie or not. We're going to count up all of his Marvel cameos. It has the I, Stanley stamp of approval on exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> there are a few films. I don't think he cameos in uh, Fan Four Stick that came out in 2015. <laughs> I don't think he did that one. But uh, he is in some of the non-canon MCU movies. He's in uh, he's in Daredevil, I believe. Yes, he's also in the Spider-Man films, correct? Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, oh, yeah. Yeah, those, guess, oh, those are multiversal canon now. I guess mm-hmm. that's but, multiverse canon hey, now. Hey, <laughs> who knows what will be multiverse canon uh, after May 6th? No, okay, all right. Because before, I, 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 do you think – there's no way they put Howard the Duck in, in Multiverse of Madness, right? Well, all right, here, we've already seen I mean, there's an endgame. <laughs> times in the MCU. Well, so I'm I, in Guardians yeah, 1, Guardians 2, What If, and Endgame. But I'm talking about this variant this of Howard version. Duck. This specific one. They use the suit and everything like that. Like, what are the odds of them putting this in? It's like just a little bit of like, hey, just a little blink and nod. Here's the first Marvel film ever. I don't know. In the trailer, you see them travel through a cartoon version of the comic book universe. So who That's knows true. what they can have cameo in this movie? I think that would be so hilarious. For them to do that, you know? So, uh, just for the record, this, in Howard the Duck, this isn't Earth 616. This is Earth 58470. Yep, yep. And uh, it's just like Howard the Duck's, um, it's like his Earth version in the comics. So, he, the, they created different Howard the Duck for a 616 universe. Um, <laughs> this uh, this version of Earth was only featured in one volume of, of S.H.I.E.L.D., and then four other Howard the Duck comics. So um, they didn't expand on this Howard the Duck very much. Uh, and uh, yeah. I wonder why. Well, I think. <laughs> it's so a mystery. How Marvel does their Earths, as in like everything Marvel has ever done, whether that be comics or novels or movies or TV shows, each one, if it's separated from something, has its own universe. So there's a, a billion universes or Earths, I guess, in the comics. But they also have like like your your the Marvel movie universe, like the MCU is Earth one nine 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 nine. Oh, is it different? Okay. Yeah. So Earth six one six is the main comic comic book timeline universe. Gotcha. Okay. So six like everyone knows six one six as like, but that's the main Marvel comic book timeline. So if you're gonna cross over with the movies, Earth six one six would cross over with Earth one nine 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 nine. So mm. I think that's kind of how they do it but geez <laughs> i mean what what a movie man i i just want to say i i want to go through each character here but before we do that micah do you who you really like this film yeah who is your favorite character in the movie favorite character um well i don't remember any of their names uh <laughs> well, well here i remember all right i've got the list pulled up i've got yeah. I've got Beverly as as Leia or Leia Thompson as Beverly. I got Tim Robbins as Phil. I got Jeffrey Jones <laughs> as uh, he was the the cop, right? Uh, and then Chip Zane Zane something as Howard the Duck. Yep. So out of those like four main characters, I gotta say I really liked um, Jeffrey Jones, his and his Phil. portrayal, how how he really took the role so seriously, and when he was doing the like Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> I think he had the best parts. Uh, close second would be Phil. Um, but uh, if, if it's any of you guys, I don't want to steal the thunder from you. I, I really love Phil, too. Phil? No, okay. 
Phil's my favorite character. There we go. He has he has one scene where he like he figures out that ducks can talk and he's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this is such a scientist. He's freaking right out. And he rolls into this huge board meeting at the scientist lab and he's like, <laughs> oh, I have some news for you guys. I have nothing. <laughs> and he just like walks away. Like, dude, he gave the most wackiest portrayal. And it's so insane that after this, he goes on to create the greatest movie of all time, at least on IMDb scores, Shawshank Redemption. And he plays the star character, you know? This this wacky professor ends up playing Andy Dufresne, you know? Is is that the movie before? Or is Howard the Duck the movie before Shawshank Redemption? Uh, I, I think Shawshank Redemption came out in in the uh, in the 90s, correct? Yeah, 94 wrong. looks like. And uh, Tim Robbins looks like he was in. Uh, let me pull it up here. We got uh, oh he's known for Howard the Duck too so like it's one of his biggest <laughs> one of his biggest movies there so <laughs> he's known for Howard the Duck yeah he's known for Howard the Duck he was in uh, he was in Twister uh, no then, way yeah he was in Twister oh well no I'm not I'm not debating that I'm de- <laughs> I'm just, I can't believe I just can't believe he, he's known for, for and then Howard I don't know like, anything else he was in before Shawshank so he was in a couple movies before Shawshank. Um, but, oh, he was in Top Gun the same year as Howard the Duck. Top Gun came out the same year. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Aliens yeah. also came out that year. Yeah, 86 was a huge year for movies, uh, to show what it was up against. It came out yeah. in August. So, August uh, there was 1st, Top Gun. Yeah. Top Gun came out. Stand By Me came out. Labyrinth. Short Circuit. Manhunter. Uh, Little Shop of Horrors. The musical. Ferris Bueller. So that um, what's his name? Jeffrey Jones was in two movies that year with uh, Ferris Bueller and Howard the Duck. Which one you think is better is entirely up to you. But uh, Hoosiers came out that year. Heartbreak Ridge. Yes, yes. Critters, uh, Aliens. And then uh, three pages in, we got Howard the Duck. So (laughs) nice. Yeah. No, it's it's lost. It's it's definitely. I don't know. It went up against some pretty good movies in 86, man. Yeah. Top Gun Maverick's actually coming pretty out in pretty Pink, soon. Three Amigos. Um, <gasps> great year Three for Amigos. comedy movies, too. Yeah. Oh, no. This one was trying to be part of that. <laughs> oh, it yeah. Just, it was... <laughs> oh, no. Well, what, would you, what would you say is your... Um, uh, so you said you said you like Phil. All right. Uh, what about what about Leah Thompson's portrayal as Beverly? What do you think about that? I, I don't know. I think she was I think she was fine. You know, I Leah Thompson's a pretty good actress, especially now. And, you know, like she she was definitely like she was definitely a little whack in this movie. But I think it was the script that I kind of did her wrong. And What's there up, boys? I'm he, back. He's back. Oh, yeah. he's Welcome back, Ethan. How long was that gone? Yeah, for he those uh, audio listeners, um, we didn't have Ethan for a couple seconds there, but he's back. He's back Let's now. He, he, he's back. <laughs> No, yeah, Ethan, we're talking about we're talking about Leah Thompson as Beverly in this. Oh film. yeah, she's got some she's got some whack hair, and I saw something on IMDb that she had to sit in like a dressing room for two hours. Oh boy, to get her hair done up like all that. I don't know. It, it that, was pretty. That it definitely was sounds like a George Lucas thing right there. Well, dude, freaking uh, Rosario Dawson. She had uh, she spent like four hours in a chair to get her Ahsoka headdress and makeup on and everything yeah. like that. She did a lot for it, but this was back in the 80s. But 
she was like, yeah, I probably just should have worn a wig. That would have probably, that would have probably been better. But I think, I think she's pretty good given what she's given in the film. I think she, she, uh, I don't know if sells the relationship between a duck and a human is the right. I way think she does the it. best she could. <laughs> but, no, I, I honestly think that she does the best that she, that she can do. Honestly, like if I, if you have to sell a relationship between a human and a duck, Leia Thompson does a pretty satisfactory job acting that out. But I mean, it, but it's cheesy, you know, I don't know. It, it's just kind of funky. Yeah. I think with, I mean, the, I, with, with the script she was given, that's, there's not much more you can do. Um, the, yeah. she's written as a cheese character, cheese love romance. So, um, and uh, coming off of the success of Back to the Future, I don't know if they saw her in production was like, oh, we got to hire her. We got to cast her as the main love interest because she does such a great job in Back to the Future as Lorraine. Um, but <laughs> in this, I think uh, she shows all of the worst parts about Lorraine <laughs> in in this Howard the Duck movie. So. Well. Hey, listen, if, if you can if you can convincingly date your son, I guess you can convincingly date a duck. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, another thing about it, though, is that since Back to the Future, she hasn't been in anything. Um, oh. I mean, she, she's been in stuff, but nothing big. She's just <laughs> kind of been riding the high of Back to the Future and um, nothing that I know about here. She was in Left Behind, the 2014 movie. Um, oh, that was Nick yeah, Cage? Yeah. yeah. No she was way. in uh, she was in Little Woman, the 2018 version, not the new okay. one. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's all I see on her IMDb here. So she she was she was a big name for the for about three or four movies. Yeah. Uh-huh. When did the third Back to the Future come out? Uh, I think that was hit in the 90s. Let me see. I think uh, that was 1991 90. or ni- 1990. OK, Yep, 89 was two and then three was 90. So, oh, she was also in Dennis the Menace. And oh. Little Rascals. <laughs> nice, nice. Yes. Ethan, I don't yes. think you said your favorite character. I think yeah, your, let's hear it. What your you audio got? bugged out. What was your who's your favorite character in Howard the Duck? I don't know what you two said, but I definitely would say I don't know. Howard the Duck wasn't wasn't too trash. You know, he like Micah said, the puppeteering was great and uh he was he had some good one liners every once in a while. But yeah, it's just it's just tough because there are really not too many likable characters in this movie i definitely think um what's his face dr jeffrey was that his name yeah mm-hmm. jeffrey yeah. jones yeah yeah yep. that guy i thought he was it was pretty good you know that the acting wasn't complete garbage some scenes they had him doing a little too much but i thought it's like he did their voice like this he uh, uh the dark overlord <laughs> <laughs> i didn't think that was too bad it's just such a generic plot you know Oh, like, yeah, very. He gets sucked in. He's an action movie guy. And then a dark overlord, like the dark overlord is like the most generic villain name you could ever have. <laughs> Not only that, but he's going to bring his other dark overlords to Earth to suck everyone's out. Well, an interesting thing that I saw is the director for this movie, Williard Huck or Huke or something like I, I'm not sure how you pronounce his last name, but this movie killed his career. He did not direct anything else after this. No wow, one would hire really? him. And he, he I mean, never it's not a surprise, else. but. <laughs> no, no, I, but ugh, it, it was bad. But he also, like, he's done good stuff in the past. Like, he wrote the screenplay for Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Yeah. And he, he was also one of the writers of American Graffiti as well. So 
he, I, he, I clearly, I think he directed this movie as like a favor or like, hey, George, let me do this, you know? But I mean, when you when you put out a movie with Howard the Duck and like, uh, what's the strip club that he goes to in the movie? Oh, man, what was it? What was, was the something... name of that place? Oh, the, that was the cool. lot, the spa place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and man, he gets tossed was, into uh... like, he gets tossed into this like pool of goo or something. Oh, man, it was it was uh, kind of ca- caught you off guard because first you're like, oh, uh, this kind of the 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 person, the dispatcher, the job dispatcher, whatever. She's like, I'm going to get you a job. And then she turns around. Cameras panned <laughs> right on her butt. What? Yeah, that, no, that was weird. That she was goes weird. to what? take it. Howard goes to take a chop of the of, of her. Oh, butt yeah, dude. <laughs> and accidentally grabs onto a job application and <laughs> that application is for a strip club waiter like what was it a strip? i thought it was a weird uh, i mean like like a like lounge. a weird hookup place lounge i don't know it was some weird thing that's i thought it was uh, like a spa in and people were just way too handsy i guess so it, no, it had some uh, suggestive name though micah holy crap you reminded me of a scene i totally forgot the Which scene one? where she turns around and howard I'm not kidding you when I say this. He legit goes to try and like bite. Oh yeah, yeah, her. back up. Yeah, we that's got that. crazy, man. Who puts that in a film? Oh I, man. Uh, so so that that's how I ask. Like, who's this movie for? Right? If you look at the writing, the writing in some of the jokes, they're very, uh, they're like immature jokes. They're one-liners that you hear all the time. It's like, uh. I, I can't think of any off the top of my head. I'm sure if I look at IMDb, there's a whole list of them. It's just oh, like, yeah. out of the way, out of the way, or um, nobody messes with the duck, or something. <laughs> you know, you know, just little cheesy things like that. Yeah. And uh, the 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 topics that they talk about, half of them are are like from straight out of a kids movie, and then half of them are straight out of like a X-rated movie. And you're like, right. what? What? <laughs> right. It, it's really that that mix of Deadpool and I don't know what, what do I have on my shelf that would be backyardigans backyardigans <laughs> sure why not <laughs> dude yeah you get that scene he wants to chop that lady's butt right off and then the like next scene he's with Beverly and he doesn't he's like no let I just want to go to bed dude the, yeah and then there's another scene where it's a bunch of kids saying like oh it's a duck it's a duck oh he's so cute he's so cute ah, like that that's something that's something kids would laugh at as well as adults so there's half of it's family friendly and then half of it's incredibly inappropriate that i would never show a kid i will say i quite enjoy the scenes where it's just howard walking because yeah like like we've said i mean the the puppeting of that I thought Howard would look way worse than he did going into this mm-hmm. movie, but he actually looked looked half decent in my opinion. Yeah, honestly, looking at his uh, Guardians of the Galaxy appearance, his full CG doesn't look that great. Um, I mean, it looks like Howard the Duck, but when he starts walking around, it's like uh, it's a bit iffy. I don't, I don't know. I prefer the the prosthetic. Uh, yeah, definitely. Practical Howard the Duck. I think yeah. I think for what it looks like, for what it is. It's the best they can do. It looks pretty good for what it is, for what it is. It's not perfect, sure, but, um, yeah, I would I would take that over CG, Howard yeah, the Duck, anything. Just who wanted to make this movie, though? Like, you, you got iconic characters like Captain America and Spider-Man, which they 
there had there were live action movies made with those characters before this movie. They just weren't theatrically released and given the big budget uh, production. Like the Incredible Hulk was very popular at the time with his TV series, and I think he had three or four spinoff movies. So yeah, you have all these characters, but the, Howard the Duck is what they chose to put their attention on. Which yeah, and Howard the Duck is kind of a more recent comic. Uh, character compared to somebody else because this uh i'm looking at the wikipedia page right now and it looks like his first comic was in 73 and compared to some of the other ones why was howard picked over the avengers and uh spider-man and batman and superman or i, I don't know they were probably batman yeah yeah there were batman and superman movies before but i guess uh for marvel um there wasn't anything big going on with howard the duck in the 80s besides the movie i think i think you channel the energy of jar jar binks and if you mask that you can very easily draw the line to howard the duck Mm. and i think george lucas just loved that kind of character and that is what he wanted to bring to the big screen that's a good point that is a great point, actually, because I don't think George Lucas really knows the line because he always has said, you know, Star Wars, you know, it's it's a movie for kids, you know. But yet you have scenes where you'll have Leia in a, a, a very revealing bikini, like half of Return of the Jedi, you know. So he says these movies are for kids and then he puts stuff in his movies. It's like, ah. so I like what you say, though, like Howard the Duck and. Jar Jar Binks, those goofy characters kind of made for kids, he just really has an affinity for them, and he doesn't care what people think. Do you guys know what Razzies are? Like the Raspberry Awards? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I know those. (laughs) This movie was nominated for seven. What, it won four of them, right? Seven Razzies, and it won four of them. Yes, do you guys – worst director, worst original song, worst supporting actor – and it won four worst new star, worst visual effects, worst screenplay, and worst picture, tied with okay. Under the Cherry Moon, which I, I don't know that movie. Whoa, Under Worst Song? Are you serious? That song was it. Was, was it that ending bad. song? That wasn't bad. Yes, Howard the Duck. That's, I don't know. That's I, the one I, I, I actually kind of been in my head these past few days, you know. Yeah, I uh, didn't <laughs> mind. <laughs> no, it's, it's kind of got a a tingle to it. I didn't no mind the music, way. and uh, when uh, they had the the music was recorded by Leia Thompson. She did all her own singing because she's yes. in a band. Um, I I didn't mind it. I I thought it was very fitting for the atmosphere, and I didn't think it was cheesy. I mean, yeah, it was stereotypical bar, you know, rock in the '80s music, but that's just kind of what all the movies were doing at the time, and I don't I don't see anything wrong with it. And they, they did write music for it. Some other movies, they just use whatever music that's popular at the time. So well, writing the music is another thing. That's true. And I want to talk about the soundtrack just for a second. Normally, yeah. I, I didn't I did not expect much, but I'm I like I really like soundtracks. So I was kind of paying attention. It's always kind of in the back of my mind. And so surprisingly, the music was actually like pretty good. The score for this bad. movie was actually like like no lie. The music in the chase sequences and the end, like legit, they're that's pretty good. The music was composed by John Barry, and he he did the music most notably for Dances with Wolves. I don't know if you've seen that film, but that's a pretty good, good movie. movie with pretty good music. But 
did you know that it was actually hijacked? The the score for this movie was actually like because they thought it was it was really dumb, and so they got a different guy to do the music for the final act because it wasn't upbeat and like tense enough. And I think his name, I think I, oh, I'm pretty sure his name was Sylvester Leve. He did the music for the ending. So I really don't know what to think about who did the music that I really enjoyed. But that's my little fun fact about the soundtrack to this film because it went through all types of production hell. Man. Uh, yeah, and no one. I, yeah, you go, Micah. No, 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 go, for, go for it. I was gonna, I was gonna keep. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Going into this movie. I saw that stuff like they want worst picture awards and worst director awards. So going to this movie, I expected something way worse. You know, like I wasn't expecting to find anything semi enjoyable in this movie at all. But there are actually like some parts where I didn't want to turn it off. But most yeah, yeah. of it I did. Yeah, some people really enjoy this movie, and then some people utterly despise it. I, and yeah, so I, I, watched, I believe uh, we have a couple of uh, reviews pulled up if you want to read those. Yes. Yeah, yes, let me just do. say this real quick. I watched a YouTube reviewer review this movie. I think it was yesterday. He was talking about how how every year he'll watch this movie at least once. Wow. And how he just absolutely adores it. And how uh, <laughs> he thinks it's a movie everyone should have in their collection. And then he gave it a 7 out of 10. So I, it's like I guess... Ben's Lord of the Rings. It's it's just as good. <laughs> well, yeah, because I, I don't listen. I don't guys. I don't watch movies every year other than I would say the Lord of the Rings and maybe like Infinity War. I've watched that movie each year until it's came out. But like. Howard the Duck of all the films to watch yeah. on a yearly release base. I don't know if it's good enough to watch like more than maybe twice. I can see watching it again to see stuff you missed maybe a third time. But yearly, I don't, I don't know, because it, how how long? What's the runtime? It's like 145. Yeah, 145. Yeah, a bit on the longer side for um just the just the cash grab. So you know they were if it were a cash grab, they would have stopped right at 130. They wouldn't put any more budget into it. That's what yeah. that's what Shrek was initially. They they stopped that right at 130, and then they're like, oh, this uh, this kind of is. A success. So we're gonna make a couple more. <laughs> but a couple with more. Howard the Duck, you know if they took time to to put at least some effort into it, if it's more than an hour and a half. So there's that for. Uh, That's true. And I will like, I don't know. This movie does have heart. I would say that. Like people who loved uh, making this this they this was like a. Can can you tell watching this movie they're like oh man they must have had a lot of fun making this movie can you tell I don't I, I was really getting that don't vibe think so I don't I don't I wa- I watched some interviews with Leah Thompson and she was like I don't know this film was a bad <laughs> experience for me oh man was it completely the opposite oh, so may- maybe maybe some people did but I I just get the feeling that it was like after the boot after they like screened it and they were like whoa. I don't know about this. <laughs> I, I really don't know about this. But like that, this is one of those movies where you, you're, you're, the movie's greenlit, so it's like, all right, we got to get actors. Let's get this started, and you go and put the film together, and you're like, oh, this is not gonna work, man. This, this is just <laughs> not gonna work. Uh, that, that's what I think, and honestly, that's what's, that's what's translated to the screen. But like, I don't know. Like, I mean, what's a film that, what's a film that you guys watch every year, other than like, like. I can't imagine watching Howard the Duck every year like that. That the yearly spot is like sacred to me. 
Like yeah. it has to be movies that I really, really care about. And like, I get like new things out of it every time I watch it. I watch, yep. uh, I watch Napoleon Dynamite just about every year. I don't know if you guys know that one. <laughs> no, all right, no, all right. I respect that choice. Napoleon Dynamite is, and that's kind beautiful. of in the similar vein as Howard the Duck. You know, it's it's a movie you you watch to make fun of in a bit, but they did that intentionally. Yeah, right. I whereas I don't think Howard the Duck was that. Mm-hmm. But there's yeah. also an enjoyment level to watching Napoleon Dynamite. I uh, <laughs> there's yes. a very slim enjoyment level I got out of Howard the Duck. So what what makes that different? What what's different between Howard the Duck and Napoleon Dynamite? They're both movies that you watch to to like point out things and say, oh man, that's so bad. That's oh that's kind of yeah, like kind of iffy. That's kind of funny, cringy, whatever. And it's yeah. the intentional nature of the script and the writing behind it. Is Napoleon Dynamite was written that way, but Howard the Duck feels like it was written in a way that they just have no idea what they want people to get out of the movie they want kids to relate with it they want adults to relate with it they want very mature adults to relate with it it's just they're trying to do so much they didn't just pick an audience pick a writing style and stick with it i think if they leaned into it more that if if during the writing process they were like oh boy this is i mean he does quack foo it's (laughs) (laughs) are we really gonna take this movie that seriously and if they leaned into the more comedical uh aspect of adult humor or uh even just kind of teen or high school humor i i I could see them appealing to that crowd if they shifted it just a little bit just a little bit of tweaking i I, this feels like the first draft of a script that's what it Mm -hmm. feels like to me and if they leaned into more of that um maybe high school humor or, or even college age you know 20s age humor then then I think it would be, you know, cleaned up a, a couple of the lines that are a bit iffy, a bit cliche, or even blown them up more, made it more melodramatic. They could take it either way. I can feel it would have been a better movie. Hmm. Yeah, there are definitely some scenes in the movie where you can see what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And if it was done a little differently, you could definitely have gotten enjoyment out of it. Like that, um, the plane sequence I thought was was really fun for about the first five minutes. And then it went on for about 20 more minutes. That is a great point. That was, and I think when I'm watching Napoleon Dynamite, I'm sitting there like I'm enjoying myself the full runtime. And during this movie, especially like halfway through the plane chase, I was like, like I was like, all right, how much is how much is left on that? And maybe because we were we were watching it late, but like I was like, all right, I, I think I'm done. I don't know. You know, <laughs> <Kinda> clocking out there. <laughs> I got I got to clock out here. You yeah, know? you should never get bored with the big action sequences in your movies. And I found that the two biggest action sequences in this movie, I got bored during both of them. You got bored during the uh, the big uh, the big baddie fight. Yes, at the end? of course. When because they, they they kill uh, the doctor who's been possessed by the overlord, and then. Um, then he turns into the big monster that we see, the stop motion creature. Then they destroy that. But no, they decide they're not done. Then like four more of them start coming in. So it's like, all right, you you could have took out one of those steps. Like just destroy him once and for all. And then if you want more to come in, bring him in. Or just draw it out in a way that is, is a little more interesting. Because basically what Howard does is he does two U-turns in the golf cart with the big gun. And that's how he defeats them both times. There was no difference between how he destroys them. It's like, all right, you 
you clearly just want to do this one action shot. I wonder if this movie was rushed. If if the uh, the pre-production was was rushed because they were like so if you guys don't know this movie was the first one that came out with uh, Skywalker Ranch and uh, it was one of the first since mm -hmm. uh, since it was built and George Lucas was banking on the fact that this movie being a Marvel property I don't know if um, the Marvel movie I don't know if he was thinking the Marvel movies would make a lot of money but he thought that it would reach a wide enough audience get enough money to pay off skywalker ranch mm. and um what what happened was not that and he he didn't make <laughs> as much money as he was hoping for so he didn't pay off skywalker ranch and to to pay off skywalker ranch what he had to do was sell his uh cgi company and mm. uh steve jobs came along from apple uh and was like hey george you're you're one of my closest friends i will offer you a way higher offer than the CGI company is worth and uh, buy the studio off of you. So they did. And uh, Steve Jobs is like, all right, let's get started here. They made a bunch of shorts. They made a bunch of um, advances in the computer graphics uh, entertainment uh, business. And uh, in uh, the late 90s, they made Toy Story. So you're saying that that became <laughs> Pixar? Yes. <laughs> if we didn't, if Howard the Duck did not flop, we would not have Pixar. It would still be a Lucasfilms property. Thank you, Howard the Duck. Yeah, right. You know, this, we, this we are movie, not I, I completely changed my mind on this movie. This, this is the greatest movie of it was, all time it, with Spark. It needed to happen. It needed, it needed to happen. happen. It needed it, to happen. It's, it's, a, it's a nexus event. It right? is a nexus and event. Without, without <laughs> the, the beginning of the Marvel movies... This started all of the Marvel movies. It started all of the, um, I mean, it, it spawned Pixar. It was the start of Skywalker Ranch. It was really the beginning of many things. A couple of these character or actors' careers started here. Uh, it was their first big name movie, even though it wasn't good. It started off uh, quite a quite a big thing. It, it may have been the end of of Lucasfilm's kind of you know big oh Tyrant. we put out really good movies all the time and uh we haven't had a flop yet and this is just lucasfilm's first flop so what That's, what came after this movie for lucasfilm for I lucas know the indiana films, jones movies uh still right, coming out you got last crusade came out last Land crusade, before time yep. or, I, 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 I don't know Land before time let me see lucasfilms um, last crusade is my favorite indiana jones movie i love it is one considered so one much. of the best yeah I'm right there with it. Uh, the Raiders of the Lost Ark is I really love that one. Ah, that one's really good too, man. The whole right, beginning so sequence is beautiful. After Howard the Duck, it was I've never heard of Willow, Tucker, The Land Before Time. That was uh, Howard the Duck. That, Dude. I mean not Howard the Duck. That was <laughs> that was uh, Lucasfilm. That's a quality. I watched that so many times as a yeah, kid, that one's man. Good. I had the VHS. Yes, Pop me that too. In, like every Saturday. Yeah. Then it was great. uh Last Crusade in '89, so back up on top. One of one of the greatest Lucasfilms movies. Uh, that's a Steven Spielberg one. Yeah. Uh, then we had Radioland Murders. I've never heard of that in '94. And then uh, skip four more years and or five more years and we're at Phantom Menace. So mm. uh, the the rest is pretty much history. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hmm. That's pretty crazy, man. Well. But but before then, they were pumping out movies about. Um, one, two every year. 
And then after Howard the Duck, uh, it was two years, then then another two years, then five years until Radioland murder, uh, murders. So after Indiana Jones, Last Crusade, it was five years and then another mm. four years. So they really dipped down in the in the production. It's because they started production and pre-production on Star Wars Phantom Menace. <laughs> they had to go all in. And hey, listen, the billion dollars they made with that movie – for for 1999 for them to make a billion dollars oh it's huge even today a billion is a huge well absolutely but you know a star wars movie is going to make a billion dollars today Mm -hmm. guaranteed back then like adjusted for inflation and everything a billion dollars was like i wonder what that would translate to today's money because i mean that that brought them out of like everything and then it's it slowly started to dip down yeah. I think and Revenge of the Sith is the like the least highest grossing film, which is crazy because it's the best Star Wars film. No, actually, uh, Attack of the Clones. That's at 650 <laughs> million. Yeah, Attack of the Clones. Oh, okay. Is All right. the best one. Ben. It's also the uh, worst of the prequel trilogy. Oh. No, I'm 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 with you on that one. You're with I'm me. With All right, cool. <laughs> Although I really do think across. Uh, 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 oh my gosh, what I'm trying to say, Attack of the Clones is pretty good i'm a prequel i will always defend the prequel oh yeah always uh i just believe two is the weakest of the of the three there absolutely um, but it, looking at the budgets here i'm looking at episode one is 115 million dollars that is the largest budget of any um lucas films before then oh wow so looking All that at money these other went movies, into jar jar binks man yeah, yeah it looks like they just uh they were putting out movies with a wide they were the 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 budget of Attack of the Clones was just them saving up over all these years. I got you. so okay. um before then like Labyrinth that's a huge movie right twenty seven point six million dollar budget. Uh, Howard the Duck was at thirty seven million. Uh, Indiana Jones Last Crusade was forty eight million. Temple oh. of Doom was twenty eight million. Return of the Jedi was forty two million. So all of these are about half maybe quarter of Phantom Menace's budget. So wow. they really took that time in between movies to really think, really say, all right, what kind of budget can we work with? What can we can we do here? But this isn't a Star Wars podcast. This is Howard the Duck. Right. And Howard the Duck, they actually made forty-eight million dollars on that movie. So forty-eight million. Okay. Forty-eight million. Yeah, according to the Wikipedia, uh, the gross is forty-eight. I, I trust Wikipedia with this. I don't think anyone lie about it. But um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Hold on. Side tangent here. Don't fight me on this. You know how your teachers are always like. Don't use Wikipedia. Anyone can edit it. I'm not going to lie, though. Everything I've ever seen on Wikipedia, like, it's pretty reliable, you know? Like, because yeah, like, I, I look up, I look up nerd, like, all the, all the nerd facts and everything like that. Never has it ever steered me astray, you know? So maybe if it's, like, important documents, maybe they're changing mm-hmm. it. But I don't know. I've always yeah, thought I Wikipedia was Who's going to hop on here and mess with the, the total the growth? The dog grows. <laughs> if, if you're saying that number... I'm going to, I'm going to respect and trust that that is accurate. Exactly. Exactly. All right, gentlemen, we know our opinions on the films, but I'd like to get into some of these reviews. I've got a 10 star review. I've got a five star review and I've got a one star review. Should we start with the 10 or the one? Let's go with the 10. All right. Yeah. Let's hear the praises of Howard the Duck here. All right. This, cause this, this guy loves it too. He reviewed this in 2001 and the title of it is in the beginning, there was Howard the Duck. (laughs) This is one of the great movies of the 80s in my collection that I think about all the time. I was just crazy about this movie when it first came out. Seeing the Dark Overlord was really scary. The special effects in Howard the Duck are great. 
It's really amazing to see how Leah Thompson, Jeffrey Jones, and Tim Robbins are so young in this and that this is part of Lucasfilm. Jones' voice is really spooky when he becomes possessed by the Dark Lord. Uh, also, It also has a great score by John Barry. Any Lucas sci-fi action monster movie fans should like Howard the Duck. I think it's a classic. That's what this guy has to say. I think to your point, like, Mike, I think he's praising a lot of the same things that you were saying. I mean, yeah, there are good things to talk about this movie, but I don't think it's a 10 out of 10. It was a bit hyperbolic in some uh right, some how, how would you write that, Micah? Well, hold, I, 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 hold on. I'll say this. We'll do that at the end. We'll, we'll rate yeah. the movie and give our rating at the end because I'm excited then, to hear what you have yeah, to say. Yeah, I'll, I'll record everything on like a Google sheet, and then we can rank them all as we go, too. There we go. Yeah. So we okay. can have like the podcast ranking of where it goes on the list and then our individual ranking. So Perfect. Um, Yeah, I would say – with that review, he gets a lot of the things right. I mean, the the graphics, it's Lucasfilms. It's going to be great. Um, the acting, I'd say the acting for the script could have been better, sure, but was it bad? I've seen <laughs> movies with bad acting, and this is not bad acting. Like, this is – it's it's like kids' level, kids level uh, acting. I, I'd say yeah. it's uh, – they, they execute it well if it was a kids' movie parody. And if it were, if they really leaned into that kids movie parody, get some of that, get some more of the kids movie tropes, then I think it would be good. I'm with better. that. Better. I concur. Mm-hmm. This five star one says Revenge of the 80s. Bad Marvel comic movie adaptions. How are the what year is this from? Another, uh, this, he recorded, he wrote this in 2005. Gotcha. Okay. This was another one in the line of bad Marvel comic books that was badly adopted into a feature film. Well, it's not as bad as a standalone film, but if you a mediocre effort. But if you have some knowledge of the original 70s comic book, you'll be disappointed big time. How come the writers of this movie didn't read the comic book a little more carefully? George Lucas Film Company needs to bear some responsibility for producing this movie. Dude, this is a comic book, not some bad science fiction novel. So Lucas and his clones need to take notice, okay? Another Leah Thompson leading role vehicle. Man, somebody was trying to make her into a superstar. Mediocre movie that'll disappoint comic book fans. I like the uh, the Revenge of the Sith reference because uh, 2005, he must have just gotten out of the theater watching Revenge of the Sith. I wonder what other George Lucas this guy's made. <laughs> he goes through the Star Wars and he's like, yo, Howard the Duck, man. Woo! It's like, whoa. Little did he know he was going to have a traumatizing experience. This is the kind of review that I really appreciate. I appreciate these five-star reviews because everything he said, he could easily have hit the one-star and not change a word of the review. But no, this dude acknowledges, hey, this isn't the most trash one-star garbage review or movie I've ever seen. I'm going to put it at five, which, I mean, I wish every IMDb reviewer was like that because – it's either a 10 or a 1 for everybody. That's true. So so for you guys, um, what is the scale for you? So 1 is, for me, that's a painful movie to watch. That's like, all right, this is – I am right. 10 minutes – I am half an hour into this. This is – I am an hour into this now, and it feels just like, ooh, this is rough. And then 10 for me is best movie ever. 5 is kind of that eh, – it was good. So – what what would you guys agree with that that kind of scale there? Yeah, I no, I'm with that. Very rarely do I give out ten out of tens. Yeah, like I wouldn't even give The Dark Knight a ten out of ten, and I really? freaking love The Dark Knight. I would say 
For me personally, Howard the Duck is at a three. Three. Yeah. I, a little I, more painful than a meh? A, I, yes, a little more painful than a meh. And it basically comes in, all of the sexual stuff is just handled so strangely. And at the end, those battles at the end, just they don't hit well. And I just, I would never want to rewatch it either. So it's 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 just, a, it's not horrible. I never give a movie a one because mm-hmm. it's like, all right, effort was put into this. I'm not going to say it's a one. But it's not good, man. I give it a three. Mm-hmm. Ethan, what would you say? What would you What would you rate it here? Uh, what would I rate this movie? I yeah. probably around a uh, a two or a three, like Ben, because I don't know. It, it is a pretty bad movie. I can't say I've seen too many movies that I dislike this much. I I don't normally tend to watch just garbage movies. So when I see one, it's kind of like, dang, that was not too good. <laughs> but it's definitely, it's definitely not as bad as I thought it would be, and it definitely could have been way worse. So yeah, I'd probably put it around. Uh, we'll go, we'll go four, four, four. Okay. Just because I mean, I didn't think how I thought the special effects on Howard were done really well, and I really enjoyed the starting bit with the the twin moons and the poster. Like that is just such a letdown that opening because you think, oh man, this is going to be a George Lucas satire fun fest, and it really did not end up being that way. Yeah, with the with the potential that this movie had, they had tons of source material because um, it, it was a daily, or I think it was a daily or a weekly comic strip for a long time uh, in the newspaper, and uh, just browsing through the Wikipedia what I what I was seeing and. With all that character development that they could have had, uh, they had they could have taken this somewhere else too, with uh, with the whole direction of Howard the Duck. So, all in what all, what about for I, you, Micah? Yeah. What about for me? All right, all in all, <laughs> um, after this after this discussion, ten out of ten. Ten out no, <laughs> ten out of ten. <laughs> so I enjoyed the movie. I had a lot of fun watching it. Uh, critically, though, I can't give I I can't say it's a good movie like a, i can't recommend it to people thinking yeah, oh man not. this is they are gonna like this movie no this is a movie you watch with your friends you make fun of it you you, you dig into the to the one-liners that howard says and leah and um and you know all the all the side characters and you make fun of the the poor writing that's going on here uh but it has amazing visuals with the graphics it's not a picturesque film it's not an our house film i'm talking about special effects the special effects were awesome the hair makeup uh they definitely put time into that the sets we didn't even talk about the sets that bar i mean that that was pretty unique they had that chain link fence they had the bar on the other side of that they had the um oh we didn't even talk about it's in cleveland Cleveland. oh yeah (laughs) of all the places to set your film man all the places yeah cleveland um i I got to give this movie, it's not a 10, it's not a 9, it's not an 8, it's not a 7. Is it a 6? No. Oh. <laughs> Dude. Hey, listen. Because <laughs> I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. I right. had a lot of fun watching this movie. And Holy with some crap. movies, with some movies, we give them higher scores because of the crowd we watch them with. No Way Home. We give the we gave No Way Home a higher score because we had such a fun time watching it. And the crowd that we were with was very energetic. It was electric. And watching it now, we're like, yeah, you know, it's 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 really good. No Way Home is awesome. 
And uh, I think we rated it a little too high while we were watching it. And once that high dies down, then we give it a lower score. And then we're like, ah, well, we we were a bit, you know, bit over with it. But with Howard the Duck, I would say it's a similar thing. Coming right off of it, I would say it was a it was a six, six or a seven, six and a half. Let's call it six and a half. Six Holy and a half. That, All right. That, let me just let me. Just but on a this. critic standpoint, I got to give it a completely different well, score. Well, exactly. No, no. But this is this is how you enjoy the film. And yeah. You, Michael. I enjoyed the. I enjoyed the film at a six and a half. Yep. I will say this: like even watching it as a group and with people, a room full of people willing to make fun of it, there were still parts in this movie where it was tough to even draw yeah. any kind of humor or make fun of it in any way just because of how rough it is at some points you I felt those me, go ahead micah yeah I, I felt those at some points but then thinking about other movies that i've seen where they are comedies and they have long run times um i have you guys seen don't look up that movie on netflix it's uh it's a political satire about uh, the end of the world and how the government handles the situation well it's a it's a two and a half hour two hour movie I forget how long it is, but that thing drags out. Oh, yeah. man. And there are funny parts. There are a lot of it. Like, the jokes land a lot of the time, and there's a lot of dry humor in spots. There's a lot of – but Howard the Duck, I got to say, it pulled me along. I mm. I enjoyed the ride. The The jokes were frequent enough where it was able to string me along and keep me entertained for the whole uh, hour 45. It was only slow for me at the beginning, I felt, when they were uh, kind of in the alleyway and – uh, they were in the rain, and and Howard didn't have an umbrella, and he was like, oh, "Am I really gonna walk out in the rain?" And Leia Thompson looks over, and she's like, "Come on back to my apartment." Ducky. <laughs> oh. I will say this: it's not a movie where you you feel the runtime. Like there are movies I watch, and you feel every second oh, of man. the hour forty-five or two hours. Oh, like movie Eternals. Did you guys feel that way in Eternals when you watch that? No, not necessarily. I, I really I, felt the runtime for it. I really, and I so, like those kinds of movies too. I'm, I'm with you, but I, I don't know. I really enjoy Eternals when I got out of it. Like I gotta watch I, it again. even, even now, I really enjoy Eternals, and I would defend that movie because I know a lot of people really didn't like it. But I think for what it set out to do, it did a pretty good job with, with that whole thing. It didn't mm-hmm. drag for me, maybe because it was I was seeing it for the first time, but not no. the way, definitely not the way this did. Yeah, I love the aspect of all the characters in Eternals, and I didn't feel the runtime. And I do think Eternals is one of those movies that when we get these characters more, we're going to really appreciate this first movie just because of what it set the stage for. Yeah. And in, uh, in about two or three years, when we get to Eternals, um, I would say I would, <laughs> I would rank it at about about the same for yeah, me right? and Howard, as Howard the Duck. I'd say it's about a six and a half because – Dang, um, dude. The comedy puts it at a six and a half for me, mm-hmm. and the lore puts Eternals for me at six and a half. But there are we'll get to it when we do Eternals. Yeah, right. But but for Howard the Duck, I I'd say I like it for the same level, but for different reasons as Eternals. That's the only mm-hmm. like similar one I can think of off the top of my head. That's respect. Maybe Michael. like Captain Marvel too. I huh. respect that. You've given some good reasons. I'd like to talk about our favorite scenes from the film. Okay. So I, as we're going through it, I just want to know, and we'll start with you, Micah, because you you really enjoyed. Well, you enjoyed it more than we did. What is the scene that screams, "Yeah, this is a six out of ten. I really like this movie." 
Let me think. Um, well, Ethan pointed out the when he walks into that room with the conference room, the the oh, I don't remember any of their names. They're so <laughs> so forgettable. Phil. Phil, I didn't even know his name was Phil. When Tim Robbins' character walks into the room and he's like, guys, this is a scientific breakthrough. Everyone. Oh, never mind. Ah! That part, that was really funny. We actually rewound and went back to that. Uh, <laughs> was I that an that was, accident? How, why did we rewind the movie? Oh, uh, I rewound because I was like, guys, that just peaked. Like the, the, audio, <laughs> the audio levels peaked. I thought that was hilarious. I had to rewind it because I thought that was a bit um, – a bit out of the ordinary for Skywalker sound, uh, especially to their standards. Now they do the audio for like every movie now <laughs> and for an audio to peak in a movie. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of, kind of weird. So I'd say that was hilarious. Um, the whole scene in the uh, diner, that was funny how the, the, the dudes come up and they're like, Hey, this is a, I don't even know what they were talking about, but what they were talking, you know, <laughs> just their characters were hilarious. And they were like, Hey, Bob, you got a zombie-looking friend over here, and you want to say something? And I don't know. The the part where Howard looks down, he's like, "This, these are eggs. You, you think this is some sort of sick joke? <laughs> Hands that away. Oh, yeah. uh, and then, and then uh, Jeffrey Jones' character's like, they took my eggs. <laughs> there were a lot of just joke after joke in that cafe scene. I think that was the best part of the whole movie for me. I got you. All right, cafe scene. That's a good one. Ethan. I think the shot, I, I don't know why I thought this shot was just hilarious when you have them all driving to the cafe and they're crammed in the front seat of that car. I just thought when they showed that shot, I just thought it was really hilarious. But uh, uh, best scene in this movie, uh, I don't know, probably the first few minutes. I, I thought the. Oh, he liked that bathtub scene. That's no, what it was. Building. building <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. Like the sequence where um, the uh, what's his face? The Phil. He's like the Howard. Hey, let's uh, let's steal a cop car. And then he's like, no, we can't. And then they run around the corner and they find a disassembled plane. And they're like, they're like, oh, no, no, no. Hold up. Let's spend all night building this plane so we can fly away. Yeah, and Howard, the toolbox. <laughs> yeah, I did think that was. That then was the cops are literally on the other side of the fence and don't see them all night until like, the plane is done. They're like, "Oh shoot, they're over there! They're right there! <laughs> they're flying away!" <laughs> I thought that was a fun sequence. That was definitely good. I gotta say, I I don't know. I gotta be unoriginal. You mentioned a lot of good scenes, Micah. The scene where Phil jumps in on all those scientists and he just like screams in the audio. That I I laughed so hard at that because it was so dumb. Ben, you actually leaned over and you're like, dude, Phil Phil is my favorite character. He is my favorite character, man. He's so great. If they kept that energy for the rest of the movie and they wrote yeah. like that, we're just like random sporadic. Uh, sprinkle that in a little bit more throughout. Uh, I think that would have gone over a bit more, a bit and well, a bit like way better. more stupid scenes like the oh we gotta build a plane, like yeah. stuff like that. I find really enjoyable. More comic booky, you know. I think it should be more out of out of this because it's a talking duck. Come on, <laughs> right? You can't take yourself seriously. You know, yeah, you can't have that's... scenes where like Beverly is saying, "I'm gonna miss you, Ducky." And he's like, I'm going to miss you too, Toots, or whatever he says. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I think that was a uh, good, the bad, and the ugly reference. 
Was it really? <laughs> well, uh, or one of those uh, Clint Eastwood movies. One of them, I'm pretty yeah. sure he says he says Clint something Eastwood. along those lines. Yeah. But I don't know. Uh, I, but I, I'm wondering if they did rush that that script because of the the fear of losing all that money from Skywalker Ranch. That could be, man. So they're like, no, we can't we can't take too many chances here. We got to stick with what we know. We got to stick with with what works already. And um, it didn't work, <laughs> unfortunately. No, no, it did not. All right. What about least favorite scene? There's a lot of funny moments, but there's definitely a lot of bad moments in this movie. Ethan, for you, if you had to pick your least favorite scene in Howard the Duck, which scene would that be? Uh, <laughs> definitely this scene where uh, Leah Thompson is trying to seduce this duck character. That scene, like Top legit, moments for me. this was, I legit <laughs> hopped under the... I had a blanket. I got under the blanket for this scene because I was just so uncomfortable. And I was like, yo, Micah, is, is the scene over? And I was <laughs> like, just I like, was like, oh, uh... if the movie, like, there's like, <laughs> there's like awkward, funny, uncomfortable in movies and shows. Like, for example, the dinner party in the office. You're uncomfortable that whole episode, but it is, it is like written in a way that you're supposed yeah. to feel that way. And it's hilarious. But this is like, you just don't want to be associated with that it was just so uncomfortable and i yeah (laughs) that is whack what about for you micah your least Uh, favorite scene my least favorite scene was uh just based on the fact that it was boring nothing happened really except for um the guy's like tentacle coming out was the whole sequence where leah thompson is kidnapped by uh jeffrey jones the the detective guy I don't remember what he was. The scientist. He was a doctor. The That's what he was. Ferris Bueller. Yeah, the yeah. principal from Ferris Bueller. He, uh, Leia Thompson is kidnapped, and then they go to this power plant, and he absorbs all the energy from it, and then uh, it, it's just the buildup for the final battle. Yeah. I think that scene kind of dragged. That was the only part of the movie where I was like, oh, man, what time is it? I got to get up for work in about four <laughs> <I> hours. <know>, I <laughs> get up so early. Uh, I felt so bad. I was surprised you guys agreed to watch it. As late as you guys did. Oh, because man. Because you guys, I, you guys at work, man. Yeah. I, but hey. Surprisingly, I, well, I wasn't tired the next day, so I don't oh, know. I, all, all next works. day, I made it through work, but I decided to take a nap after work. I, I fell asleep. after work. And I woke up. No, Apparently, we had breakfast for dinner, and people, like four people in the house woke me up. And I, I just slept right through them. So I woke up for work the next day. Real bummed out that I missed out on uh, dinner. Oh, breakfast for dinner. <laughs> I know. Pancakes, dude. Pancakes for dinner? Oh, what a great song. <laughs> oh, dude, I got to say my favorite, uh, my least favorite scene was when Howard goes to bite the. Oh, <laughs> dude. Not oh, even because yeah, the I mean, whole it, sequence. It was funny, but it, it was funny because it was like, oh my gosh, are they legit doing this right now? What the <laughs> heck is going on here? Like, I, it almost wasn't even funny. It was just weird. I was like, what? Like, is, is this necessary? It doesn't really fit Howard's character no, at the moment. If they built that up a little more where he's like, oh, he's a he's a bit of a perv and he's going around. And I, if you looked at his eyes, he was kind of looking at things a lot. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but <laughs> especially that, when he first gets to Earth. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh, man, pretty, pretty lady, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, to agree <laughs> with you, Ben, 
that whole sequence from uh, that when he goes to the job lady to the end of the when he when that guy falls in the the mud bath. Yeah. Uh, that that just, scene that scene might have been worse than the other scene. Oh, yeah, I don't know what was worse. I, I think that the from <laughs> like we we thought that the the interaction with that lady was bad, and then the next scene happened, and it is. Well, the pure like, like question marks I had during that scene. It's like, man, I I I am DB'd this, but. Uh, are they about to do something here? <laughs> yeah, I could right. have seen them. I could have seen them taking that a completely different direction with a job. Because imagine Howard in just a normal everyday job, like a fast food position. Imagine Howard. Uh, how, That'd be hilarious. How, how, where you yeah. can take that scene where uh, he has a, a a bad customer experience and they come back and they're like, I didn't get my chicken nuggets or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And then yeah. he's like, yeah, I'm not allowed to do, I don't want to do that because it's morally incorrect for me. I don't know how they could take it. You, but they, you, you could see how like, I know chickens. They're, they're like brothers to me. <laughs> you know, they could take that so many different ways. And to, to do something that most people in the, I mean, I'm sure most people in the audience aren't familiar with working in that kind of environment. <laughs> it's not a relatable scene. So no. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I don't know. I just find it weird that the first thing he decides to do after he breaks up with this girl who he just met a day earlier is like, all job. right, I got to get a job. That's what I got to do. It's like, what, what? dude, how are you going to get a job at a human world? Like, that makes no sense. Like, if they kept up that comedy in the film, just like, I got to get a job. Yeah. 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 That's what I got to do. Like, putting Howard in no sense. Yeah, you putting know? Howard in situations where it just wouldn't make sense at all. Like, why would anyone do that? Which is kind of what they went for, but in the in the worst way possible, I feel. Yeah. I'm with you. I don't know. All right, gentlemen, we've been talking for – holy catfish. Is that an did you hour want, and 30 minutes? Yeah. Did no, you want to give us a, a zero no star way. real quick? A well, zero wanted, star review? I wanted to say uh, – oh, yeah, 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 that one star review. Ah, we got to pass it up. It just says horrible film. One of the worst adaptions of a comic book ever made. I can't believe George Lucas produced this. It's one of the worst <laughs> fantasy flicks ever. He said he gave it a zero out of ten. He said fantasy what year was that? Out of 10. And he gave this review in 2010. Okay. Gotcha. Oh, that was a bit more recent. A bit more recent. I gotta say, from where we're, I mean, he probably just got off watching like Thor or like Iron Man two. It's like Damn, yeah. these movies are great. Well, say what you want about Iron Man two, but. <laughs> certainly makes this movie look like a like iron man 2 look like a freaking masterpiece but i mean is before we like put this in the well actually you know what we can't really put it in the, the right now it's number one right now, right now it's number one. it is my number one ranked marvel movie yeah so i don't know do we want to is there anything we missed any closing thoughts you gentlemen have before we end this because yeah we we've been talking for quite some time gentlemen <laughs> Let me uh, review the Google Doc real quick. Well, yeah, just in every scene, Howard has a different outfit on. I think oh, Mike, yeah, he's Mike dripping. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah, goaded yeah. with the sauce. Yes. <laughs> Micah, you you were commenting on this, and I noticed it. I was like, you know what? Howard's looking pretty good. Every single scene, he had a different suit on. He had the suspenders. He had the blazer. He had a flannel. He had a, you know, a party shirt. He had all this stuff going on, and he, he was – it was great. Like, like I said, the, the visual effects, the costumes, the hair, the makeup, it was all on point. They did an amazing job with that. And I, I don't think that saying 
Howard the Duck is an entirely bad movie is a valid argument. I think that there are quite a few things that are good about this movie. Yeah, no, one of my favorite scenes is when she's looking through his wallet and she finds the tiny duck condom. Dude, <laughs> that, was, that, that was good stuff, man. I like how he was he was looking through the, the she was looking through the wallet and looking at the pictures and there was a picture of this girl duck and there was a feather over it. <laughs> a little memoir. Oh no, the, the one dollar bill with uh, George Washington with a with a uh, <laughs> what do you call it? the a bill? Yeah, bill. A, 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 a duck bill. <laughs> dude this movie was wild man if they were very seen... creative with it yeah. in some ways and then in other ways they could have been more creative i'm with i think you. that yeah if you've never seen howard the duck i would recommend i, I actually would recommend giving yeah. it a watch if give it one people, watch if you're with people and you are trying to have like an interesting filming exp- i mean hey listen you could be like Micah, and you could actually find like some really enjoyable parts of. It. I, just me personally, this movie was not for me, but I can see how someone would find enjoyment out of it. You know, like, yeah. but just this it's not is for me. this is a movie to watch with someone who likes it and yes. who like knows the things to look for, and then points them out as you go. Kind of like with Napoleon Dynamite. Watching Napoleon Dynamite for the first time by yourself, you're like, oh. That movie happened. But then after you watch it with someone and then after you watch it a bunch of times, you're like, oh, this is a very well-written high school drama about a guy who loves this girl. And then just by the end, they fall in love. And it's it's a it's a great romance, but it's not something you realize the first viewing. And then there's all the background things. And yeah, Mm. it's a great story. Guys, maybe Howard the Duck gets better with age. With age, <laughs> like like maybe like maybe the more, maybe the more we watch it, the better we'll get, you know. Fine, does it uh, age yeah, like fine ben, wine or ben, fine? You go milk? ahead and watch like that's, this uh... movie a few more times and let <laughs> yeah, me know. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't I don't think that's gonna happen, gentlemen, because uh, we've got about oh uh, let's say uh, thirty to forty more Marvel films. Yeah, I think uh, by the time we end, we're, we'll be in the ballpark of fifty. <laughs> no, but think about it, dude. We're gonna be doing this for the next couple of years because. We're going to take breaks when big stuff comes out. I'm not sure um, because that night, Kenobi, the Kenobi trailer got released. uh Mm -hmm. And Ethan texted me this, and he's like, we might have to review that as it comes out weekly. And I, I don't know. I tend, to, I, I might agree with you on that one, man. And here, and what about Moon Knight? What about Moon Knight? I was just going to say that because. The more looks I'm getting at Moon Knight, the more the new posters it is looking. I just yeah. I just bought a poster at Walmart yesterday. I don't have it. Oh, up they're yet, selling posters. They're yes. at Walmart now, dude. Yeah. So it is looking so good. So yeah, I don't. It doesn't have to do with any of you two. I can find a, a third guy to hop on that, but I definitely think I'm gonna be wanting to talk about Moon Knight. All right. Yeah. I... It all depends. Maybe, maybe we'll just have to put out two podcasts a week. I don't know. I we'll, guess we will. We will. We will <laughs> figure it out. That's for sure. I mean, this Google Teams is working pretty well. So, uh, I, Microsoft Teams, I should say. So, I, I think that'll work out pretty well. But I, yeah, I think we'll have that, to we'll have to figure yeah. out Discord. Make sure that can work because yes. Discord does sound better. It it makes the the audio quality much better. So, if we can figure out a something like that, then, <laughs> I'll have to yeah. move, find better Wi Fi. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. Come over here, Ethan, for the. For the uh, podcast, that'd be fun. I'll hop in in your basement. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, you know what? Why don't we record these in person sometime? 
We That'd totally could do that. It's just more convenient, you know? We're yeah. busy. We got busy schedules. We all work, so. Like maybe one of the two podcasts a week, because I can see doing two podcasts a week. Uh, I'm I, I'm getting a new job at, at Jimmy John's, uh, so that'll be fun. <laughs> no way. That, yeah, that'll that'll open up my schedule for more, because uh, uh, a lot of my last job, I was driving a lot. I wasn't home, um, or I was home later in the day, so I'd just be exhausted. And then yeah, uh, right. with this job, I should be able to have more freedom with that, so. All yeah. Right. Hey, we we shall see, gentlemen. We'll, we'll work we it out. See. We will work it out. But I think that does it for this review. We've been talking quite a long time, gentlemen. Almost the absolute... runtime of Howard the <laughs> Yo, Duck. If, if anyone <laughs> who watched Howard the Duck is still listening to this, shout out to you because I probably would have turned it off by now. Yes. Uh, next week, what is it? I don't think Blade. much is going on next week, but we're going to be watching Blade. So I think I've got my uh, Blu-ray copy coming in. It's already ordered. Did you get so, the Blade trilogy? Not the trilogy. I want to have. Oh, you getting one at a time? Yeah, I'm okay. just going to get them one at a time. So. Yeah, I really want that Blade 4K, but the trilogy is like as much as just the 4K. So I, I know it <laughs> really doesn't make logical sense. But I'll get the Blu-ray for 4K. If I really want 4K, I'll go. I'll go online and. It's, it's like the same price now, somewhere. so it's it's just the either buying the combo pack or the one pack. So. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that does it. I'm Ben Rayside. I'm Ethan Wetzlaff. I'm Micah Hett. And we hope you all have an absolutely fantastic day.